tag team. So when we left off last week, Jesus was before Pilate, remember? And Pilate was... Uh... Let's get all the context. What was, what was Pilate's deal? He didn't want any part of it. Well, that's not in, in this gospel, but yes, he did. Uh, what? Protect himself, right? He didn't want them to tell on him to tell Caesar on him and get him in trouble. And... Yes, sir. Didn't want another insurrection. That would be bad for Pilate. And so we're going to continue. Actually, when I started reading this, we probably should have did the first five or six verses of 19 with last week. But it's all going to work out because we're still here at the trial. We're still here in Pilate is still trying to work his way through all this mess. The, the Jewish leaders are still outside the door, hollering crucified, waiting on Pilate to make a decision. It's still early in the morning. We've been on this for a while, so it might seem like this, this took all day long for this to go on. But really, it was really, really quick. It only took, I think... Um, in Luke or Matthew 1, it says the crucifixion was it was around 9, around the third hour. And then all this right here is going on around 6 a.m. So between 6 and 9, you've got, you've got this trial happening here. And then Pilate sends him to Herod. Herod sends him back. And then, you know, all this is going on. And then finally they take Jesus out, you know, and crucify him. And so what we're going to, we're going to, what I want you to see in this chapter, before we even read it, this is what we're going to see. We're going to see that Jesus was punished and humiliated uh, for us. He was punished and humiliated. That's We probably all, all know that, but we're just going to explore the depths of that a little bit. Jesus endured this willingly, and we're going to see that in this chapter. We've already seen it in previous chapters that he endured it willingly. And then... He's, of course, going to be finally rejected uh, by the people that he came to save. He's going to be rejected to the point where they say, we don't want him, we want this guy to be king. We, want, we don't want Jesus, we want Caesar to be our king. And so, you're going to see, last week we talked about the four kinds of people. We saw Peter, and of course, we saw the Jewish leaders who wanted their religion, but they didn't want Jesus in their religion. They were still following their cleanliness practices. We can't go into Pilate's house because it would defile us. But they were doing all this while murdering Jesus. Um, and we saw Pilate who he just wanted, he just didn't want them to mess up my office. I don't want them to mess up my job. I don't want them to tell Caesar on me. I just want to get all this behind me. He genuinely didn't want to crucify Christ. Because I think, and it's just my opinion, but he, he hated the Jews. So he was more doing it to spite them than he was really concerned about Jesus. But once they start rising up and, you know, doing all this, Pilate was like, I'm, I'm running out of options. So what you're going to see in, the, in these verses today is if you choose to have religion without Jesus, it's going to lead you to following another God. That's what basically at the end of this, the Jews says, we have no king but Caesar. And so, and if you choose to, um, if you choose to, you know, I like Jesus and it's all good like Pilate, but I can't sacrifice anything. You know, I can't sacrifice myself. I can't sacrifice my position, my job. I can't, I can't sacrifice for Jesus. This was Pilate's position. If you choose that route, then you're going to end up not only, uh, you're not only guilty of sin, but you're going to end up with blood on your hands as well. You're going to end up at the mercy of 
people. You know, you're going to be judged by God around the people. So let's let's just start reading it and we can talk about it as we go. So the last thing they said was, we don't want Jesus release Barabbas. And so Pilate released Barabbas. And in chapter 19, verse 1, it says, Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And why do you think Pilate scourged him at this point? Just to please the Jews and shut them up. Right. To shut the Jews up, basically, was what I think. I think that he took him, he was, in the other, in Luke it says that Pilate told them, I'm just going to scourge him, punish him, and let him go. So they, he was going to just beat Jesus, let them beat Jesus, and then that would be the punishment. And when they saw this beaten and bloodied guy... They would. He was trying to appeal to their sympathy. You know, he was trying to say, "Look, let's not crucify him. I'm, I'm gonna have him beaten." And so, a Roman scourging was. There's lots and lots of historical evidence about what it was. The Jews had a rule that you couldn't scourge them more than forty lashes. The Romans had no such rule. They. They, they had become masters of it. And you've probably seen the movie, The Passion of the Christ. You've seen, it's probably a good depiction of it. It was always done on a low. It was never done like, you know, you see them guys in the movies that are holding. It's never done like that. Always over a low podium or stump or something where he was stretched out low. And they would come down with uh, the flagellum, which is... You heard it called the cat of nine tails, probably. It had bone and metal and all those things at the end. And uh, there are historical records from, you know, Eusebius and, and Philo and just different people that talk about someone going through this process having organs exposed, you know, having... I mean, it wasn't just like 40 lashes and, uh, you know, off you go. It was like tearing muscle and skin and pulling. So it was not many people survived the scourge. And so Pilate had him taken away and scourged. And it says not only did he endure that, but he had to endure the humiliation uh, that it seemed like the Roman soldiers took out all their aggressions against the Jews on Jesus. It says, and the soldier, soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews, and they smote him with their hands. Okay, so he's going through, he's going through this. I can only imagine uh, the shame that it would have been. That was the charge that they brought against him, what he, that he was the king of the Jews. And therefore, uh, these Roman soldiers, they put crown of thorns on his head, you know, and nobody really knows what kind of thorns they were, but, you know, I can imagine that they were, if they were thorns from certain trees that were located there in Palestine, they would have been pretty big thorns. And so, they put this thorn, crown of thorns on his head, and not only do they beat him, the other Gospels tells us, tells us that they ripped chunks of beard out of his uh, out of his face, which really hurts if you ever had that done. Uh, they uh, spit on him, they spit on him, and it seems like they all lined up. I mean, basically lined up and mocked him to the point of like, hail king of the Jews and slapped him across his face. So it wasn't just that Jesus was having to endure the wrath of God, which we'll see as he gets on the cross. But imagine this God man who left 
the fellowship of the Father. That's probably not the best way to put it, but he left, took on the flesh of a servant, humbled himself, came to save mankind from their sin, and when he finally revealed himself to mankind, they turned him over to be beaten and to be crucified, to be mocked and ridiculed. Not only did he suffer physically, but can you imagine what it was like to suffer this humiliation that he was going through. They, uh, it's pretty ruthless. And so, after they do their thing, they scourge him, purple robe, crown of thorns. Matthew says they even put a reed in his hand like a scepter. Uh, and so, Pilate brings him back out to the crowd. Now, Pilate is expecting that they're going to be shocked at this sight of this bloody mess of a man wrapped in a purple robe with a crown of thorns, Pilate is expecting that at some level of their humanity is going to kick in and they're going to say, whoa, this guy's, I mean, he's suffered enough. He's been through the ring. Uh, but of course, we know that's not what happened. Pilate, verse 4 says, Pilate therefore went forth again and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you that you may know that I find fa- no fault in him. This is the first time, three times Pilate's going to pronounce him innocent. The first time Pilate pronounced him innocent. Verse 5 says, Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns, purple robe, and Pilate saith unto him, Behold the man. Uh, Look at, look at the man. Here is the man. Gaze upon the man. That's what he's saying. And when the chief priest, therefore, and officers saw him, they cried out, Wow, that's enough. No, they cried, Crucify him. Crucify him. And Pilate said, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. That's the second time Pilate pronounced him innocent in verse 6. So they bring Jesus out. Bloody, awful mess. Purple robe, crown of thorns, obviously mocking the king of the Jews thing. Pilate was, I think Pilate was bringing him out to show how ridiculous a charge it was to say that this man was an insurrectionist who was going to take over Rome. Uh, That was the charge. You see, the Jews wanted him dead because he claimed to be son of God. But in order, for, in order for the Romans to kill, kill him, he had to be an insurrectionist. He had to be a king that was threatening Caesar's throne. And so Pilate was like, this guy is not any threat to Caesar. And he brings him out. He's a bloody beaten mess. He's, he's absolutely, I mean, it was probably one of the most horrific things that the people saw. That, and he had the crown on. He had the robe on. Uh, Pilate was bringing him out to show him, like, I find no fault in him. This is not a king. I mean, there's nothing about him that's any danger to the Roman Empire or Caesar. Look what we're the Romans, and look what we just did to your king here that you say that's trying to raise a rebellion and do all these things. And so he was hoping that uh, they would just say, you know, that's, that's enough. But yet they cried, that's not enough. It's not enough to have him bleeding all over the place, to have skin ripped up, muscles ripped up, organs probably showing. It's not enough. We want him crucified. You see, they had gotten to the point where I want my religion, but I don't want whatever you got to do to get Jesus out of the way. That's what we want to do. Now, can you imagine what do you think is going on in their hearts when they're yelling crucified? Hmm. 
I mean, that's not a rocket science question. Yeah. Michael said they didn't have much of a heart. It was satisfaction. Yeah. It had to be it had to be all those things. It had to be hate, it had to be anger. I don't care how mad or how much you dislike someone, you see somebody in that state, you know, you can't get rid of yeah, still wanting, still wanting him dead. They, it wasn't about punishment. It wasn't about punishment because Pilate was like, well, I'll just punish him. I mean, you want him punished? I'll punish him. It was no problem. Look, I mean, look, he's suffering bad. It wasn't about punishment. They wanted him gone. I want him out of the way. I don't want him interfering in my religion. I don't want him interfering in my life. I don't want him to have, I don't want him to say anything else in the temple. I don't want him to stand up and preach before anyone. I don't want his word to go forth anymore. You know, they were basically saying, I want, you know, I want to keep, I want to be the chief priest and the ruler. I want to be the Pharisee. I want to be the scribe. Uh, but I will not have this man walking around saying that he is the Son of God. I will not have this man walking around saying that he is the King. I will not have him walking around telling me that I'm a sinner and telling me that I'm... Is that attitude prevalent today as well? You see oh, that anywhere? Oh, absolutely. And these, are the, and these are the same people that just days before welcomed him. That's true. That's true. I mean, gave him a, I mean, a big... Parade of a welcome. It wasn't just like, oh, he's here. I mean, what do you think changed between? She said that these are the same people that welcomed him a few days earlier with palm branches as he rode in on donkey. What do you think changed between that day and today? Uh, today, the day of you know, all of that is God's plan for for Jesus to go through what He did for a reason, and God knew that. I just often wonder if maybe God made them feel that way. So that his plan would follow through. Because, you know, if they had any kind of love or respect or, or compassion. compassion, you know, it would have stopped somewhere. Surely. You know, so I just wonder if God just took his hands off of them and let Satan just harden their hearts so that they won't feel that way. I'm, I'm sure Pharaoh, he did. You know, Pharaoh, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. It said it in, you know, in Exodus on several different occasions that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. That's right. And it says in Romans. I read it and it seemed like, you know, Pilate was just in awe and shock of how cruel they could be when he was supposed to be the cruelest of all. You know? Right, yeah. He was so definitely a cruel guy. Him, you know. And we're going to see here in a minute, he got a little scared yeah. there toward the end. He got a little, you know, we'll talk about that, but I think that's true. They. As he was riding in on a donkey, he was fulfilling prophecy in Zechariah. He was fulfilling prophecy in, uh, in all these different books. The things they'd heard, the Messiah's coming. He's going to be, you know, they, they'd heard all these things. And they thought, they, huh? Right, he did. Absolutely. Absolutely. They thought he was going to be the Messiah that marched into Jerusalem and took the place over. And said, hey, we're, we're going to throw these Romans out. There was insurrections and there, the Jews hated the Romans. They hated being under the Roman oppression. They were, they were waiting for a Messiah to come and deliver them just like Maccabees, Jews Maccabeus did for the Syrians. But 
they were they were expecting they were hailing Jesus as uh, you know Hosanna or he, this is he that comes in the name of the Lord and then when Jesus came and all he was doing was turn you know turning over tables in the temples preaching against the religious Jewish people there in the temple he was telling them about you know he was the way and he was the you know that was not the kind of Messiah that they were expecting nor that they wanted and then when he was arrested and to see this man on the stage I say stage platform whatever he was on beaten and humiliated and and just I mean you could not get more shameful than what what the way he looked uh, they wanted him they didn't even want to they didn't even want him to bear the stigma of possibly being the Messiah because their Messiah could not be this guy there's no way and so where they expected him to come in and take over he became as a lamb that would be slaughtered and so when they saw him they wanted him gone they wanted him gone I want him dead I want him gone and so when Pilate said behold the man here's your man you know he was looking at them like surely this is going to be enough for y'all you know he wanted to appease them you know, but he didn't want to kill what he already knew was an innocent man. He's, he's going to say it three times in this chapter. Um, but most of all, he hated the Jewish leaders because they're the ones that kept telling on him to Caesar. You know, so if they hated him, then I'm going to do all I can to let him go. You see what I mean? So there's a lot going on right here. Any questions? Comments? Yes. When I was reading through this tonight, I get the picture that Father brings him out, and, and we got to remember that the, whoever it was, the high priest or the Sanhedrin, whoever uh, paid the money to do this to, to the Jews, and they said they wanted to kill him. Mm-hmm. And so here he comes out, and he, you know, he's they see that he's still alive, and that that ain't what they want. I, I almost picture, you know, these. You know, priests and even people who support that are out there screaming crucified because they want them dead. It's kind of like leading, you know, the crowd mentality, but they're the ones starting to crucify people. Oh, I'm sure it was, yeah. And, and then get the crowd involved, and the crowd's like, well, if they're saying crucified, we might as well. I'm absolutely positive that's the way it was. It was the Sanhedrin and the Jewish leaders that had the night before had him at trial. And it was before them, and I'm sure there were witnesses as well, but it was before them that Jesus admitted that I am the Son of Man and you'll see me riding on the the clouds of power and all that. And so they marched him right over there. And I'm uh, I'm sure it was the leaders who were spurring the crowd on to say crucified you know i'm sure uh, i used to be you know in in any kind of crowd if you can if you can hide three or four people in different parts of the crowd and get one to say something and another that they'll, they'll all join in eventually and so it was definitely a mob mentality so Pilate brought him out uh, the Jews answered him. He says, "He says they said, no, we want him dead, crucify him.'" Pilate is like, "I'm done." You know, he says, "You take him yourself and crucify him." Uh, verse six. Pilate said to them at the bottom, "Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him." And now here's where it gets a little strange, a little sticky. Verse seven. The Jews answered him, we have a law, and by our law he ought to die because he made himself the son of God. Now they've revealed their true motive. It's not that he's king and he's trying to overtake the Romans. 
He's the Son of God. Now, for us, that's, I mean, it's a no-brainer. We know Jesus was the Son of God. And for the Jews, they knew what it meant to say that I'm a son, I'm the, the Son of God, <laughs> meant I'm making myself equal with God. But for Pilate, you got to remember, he's a Roman. And a Roman, these were like superstitious people. He probably prayed to 40 or 50 gods. He probably had gods for, you know, gods of fertility, all the Roman pantheon, the gods, the, the all those things. And there was all kind of stories about, you know, uh, was Zeus, Zeus was Greek, it would be Jupiter in Roman, you know, coming to earth and dealing with people and hanging out and, you know, being in disguise and all those things. And so when they say that this is the Son of God, Pilate's remembering, hey, just a minute ago, he said that my kingdom's not of this world. And, I, and now all of a sudden, Pilate gets a little freaked out. He says, it says, when Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was more afraid. He was like, oh, no. He's like, this guy might be this guy. He was thinking a pagan God. This guy might be this might be he might be a God. And so he says, stop everything. Let's go back in here and let's talk for a minute. And so he says, he went into the judgment hall and said unto Jesus, he said, whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. He says, where do you come from? He's wanting to know, are you some kind of divine being, you know, I'm sure Pilate never encountered a person like Jesus. I'm sure that uh, being the God man, Pilate was, he was a little, uh, what's the right word? He was a little disturbed at all, at the way Jesus was acting. Not to mention the fact that Pilate's wife had already come out and said, please don't mess with this guy. I had a bad dream that it's not, it's not good. It's not going to be good. You got to get rid of this. You got to wipe your hands of this. And so that coupled with the fact Jesus said, no, my kingdom's not of this world. He says, are you a king then? He says, you said so. Uh, and now it comes to light in Pilate's ears that the Jews said, well, this guy's got to die by our law. You know, by Roman law, he's innocent because he's not a king. He's not insurrecting nothing. He's not trying to take over nothing. But the Jews said, well, by our law, he's trying to make himself the son of God. Therefore, he's got to die. So Pilate brings him back. He said, where do you come from? And Jesus didn't answer. Now, what's that all about? Why don't you why do you think Jesus didn't answer? He's going to answer him here in a minute. But when he says, where do you come from? He was wanting him to say I'm divine, I'm from heaven, or I'm not. You know, tell me where you come from. And Jesus doesn't say anything. Yeah, yeah, it fulfilled a prophecy that he was silent before his, before his accusers. He was like a lamb led to the slaughter. And it says, uh, where are we at? Pilate freaks out a little bit. He says... Verse 10 says, then, then said Pilate to him, Speaketh thou not unto me? He said, you, oh, 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 You're not talking to me now? He said, Don't you know? Yeah, he did that the little stutter thing. He did that too. Uh, he, he, he said, Don't you know? Knowest thou not that I have the power to crucify thee and have the power to release, release thee? He's saying, Why won't you? Why are you silent? Don't you realize that I have the authority? I have the authority to let you go. Or I have the authority to send you be crucified right now. We're at a crucial moment here, Jesus. Yes. Wouldn't that affect the Lord? Everybody would normally defend themselves. Yeah, that was the thing. Is he didn't. Begged for mercy and he wasn't doing that. So that probably 
And remember, they're not, they're, I mean, they're not just hanging out in the judgment hall now. Jesus is bleeding everywhere. He's covered in this robe that's probably holding stuff together and, you know, crown of thorns. And he's done went through this ordeal. And so, I mean, if there was ever a time that you was going to plead for your life, it would have been now. But this is the part where I said Jesus goes willingly. Because he said, don't you know I got the authority to let you go? Or I got the authority to uh, crucify you. And Jesus answered, and I know this had to just freak Pilate out. says, thou couldest have no power at all against me, except it were given from, the, from above. Therefore he that delivered me unto thee hath greater sin. He's saying to Pilate, he's saying to Pilate, you really, you have the authority to let me go or to crucify me but the one who gave you that authority is the, the only reason you have that authority is because it's been given to you by my father if it wasn't for him you wouldn't have no authority over me if God had not ordained that I would go to the cross if it had not been uh, God in God's plan that before the foundation of the world I'd be a lamb slain uh, if it had not been God who had decided to send His Son to save the world from its sin, you wouldn't have no authority over me. Uh, there had been many times in John, we saw it over and over as we walked through John, that they tried to arrest them and it said Jesus just passed through them or passed by them or Jesus hid himself from... I mean, Jesus could, at, at will, he could, have, he could have gotten loose from this whole ordeal. He could have walked out right through the midst of them. He could have called legions of angels. He could have stopped it at any moment in time that he desired to do so. But he gave himself willingly. That's why he didn't answer Pilate. Pilate, I think, just my guess, but Pilate was about to let this guy go. If he would have said, I am the son of God, I'm from heaven, Pilate would have let him go. Pilate would have let him go like that. Because Pilate was superstitious. He was, all the Romans were. They were a superstitious lot. Um, and Jesus knew that. And so when Pilate said, where are you from? Jesus didn't even open his mouth. Didn't answer. Because Jesus had to go to the cross. And he knew that it was his Father's will that he would go to the cross. And he was going to do what it took to go to the cross. Now, how many of us... I can think I can think of myself being, you know, just like Jesus when we were saying, you know, God, I let this pass from me, uh, but I want to do your will, whatever your will is, you know, and it's all good. But in the midst of suffering, when a door opens and an opportunity to get out opens up, I'm gone, buddy. You know, it's like, that's God's will right there. He opened up and it's out, you know what I mean? I'm out. Jesus didn't do that. He knew that it was, it was the Father's will that he go to the cross. It was for this reason that he was born, to testify to the truth and to go to the cross. And so he, when Pilate gave him a way out, Pilate gave him, I mean, open, basically opened the door and said, you want to leave? Jesus didn't open his mouth. Jesus just sat there and bleed, bled on his, on his floor. And that's what he did. And so he went willingly. He went willingly to the cross. And he says... Verse 12, this freaked him out so much. And he says, you don't have any power over me except that's been given to you. He said, therefore, the one who handed over, handed me over to you has a greater sin than you. Who is he talking about there? The Jewish, Jewish people, the Jewish leadership, those that uh, made up all these false charges, phony charges. This whole trial was illegal from start to finish. The Jewish trial at night was illegal. This trial was illegal because Pilate had already, Pilate pronounces him innocent three times. 
But yet he still ended up crucified. You know, so this whole thing is illegal. And so uh, he said, uh, he said, when Pilate heard that he said, you know, that the ones who delivered me to you have a greater sin than you have. Uh, that kind of, I, I can imagine Pilate thinking, oh no, you know, this guy is divine. He is whatever. And so verse 11 or verse 12 says, and from thenceforth, Pilate sought to release him. I got to let this guy go because he is, he's done, he's done accused me of sin. Of course, not as great as the one that handed over. He's done said his kingdom is not of this world. He's done told these people that he's the son of God. He's definitely not a king that's going to try to conquer Caesar's empire. So we can't charge him with that. I've got to let this guy go. And I'm going to find a way to let him go. He says, but the Jews cried out saying, if thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. Now Pilate has a big problem. Now Pilate's got to make a choice. I know, I'm thinking, I'm not sure Pilate knew for sure, but I know he had to have been thinking, this guy's divine. He probably didn't know about God you know, the way the Jewish people knew. He didn't know the God of the Bible, but he knew about all his little Roman gods. And so he was thinking, this guy is some kind of divine person. He says he's the son of God. He says his kingdom's not of this world. He's basically, when I told him I could kill him or let him go, he basically accused me of sin and told me that the authority he was under is higher than my authority. So Pilate's trying to let him go. But now the Jewish people that are out there crying, they're not just yelling, crucify him, crucify him. They basically threaten Pilate by saying, we're going to tell Caesar on you. They said, uh, if you let him go, then you're going against Caesar. And they had a long history of sending people to tell Caesar on Pilate. Uh, they had a long history. If you weren't here last week, we talked about Pilate had three or four near misses. Uh, the Caesar at this time was Tiberius Caesar, and he was very cruel, and he was very suspicious. Had a lot of people around him killed, thinking that they were plotting against him and whatever. And Pilate knew that if word got back that Pilate was helping a guy who was trying to overthrow the Caesar, uh, Pilate wouldn't be long for this world. So now he's got a choice to make. I'm either going to do what I know is right. I'm going to, you know, he didn't know about, he didn't know about God and the crucifixion and, and the God of the Bible and all that. But I'm either going to let this guy go who is divine or I'm going to kill this guy. And probably in his mind, he's thinking, I'm going to bring the wrath of the gods down upon me. Um, or I'm going to let this guy go and they're going to run tail Caesar on me. And so he's got a choice to make. Do I give up my position and my life? Probably. To do what's right and let this guy go? Or do I protect myself and just go on and have him killed even though I know that he's innocent? He says, uh... 13 says, we're almost done. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, when he heard them saying, you're no friend of Caesar, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but the Hebrew Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover. John is setting the scene here. The preparation of the Passover, the day before the Passover, is about the sixth hour. Now, you could get confused. I'm just going to give you a little side note here. Um, Matthew says that he was crucified at the ninth or the third hour. 
which is 9 a.m. But John says that this was going on at the sixth hour. But John was writing this in Ephesus where they were using the Roman calendar, which is just like ours. You know, it starts at midnight, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, so it's 6 a.m. Matthew was using the Hebrew calendar, which is different. The first hour is uh, first hour is 6 a.m., third hour is 9 a.m. Does that make sense? See what I mean? So it, it's all good. Just don't get mixed up on the first hour, second hour, third hour thing. Y'all got that? Okay. He says about the, about the sixth hour, and he said unto the Jews, Behold your king. And he was kind of, Pilate was kind of getting back at him. He was kind of swiping at him saying, you're wanting me to kill this guy because he says he's a king. Well, behold, let's look at your king. You know, this pitiful guy, beaten, bloody, standing here. And then the Jews say something that to me is one of the most awful statements in Scripture. It basically seals, seals their, their fate. Pilate's already knowing I gotta crucify this guy. Because if I don't, they're gonna send emissaries to Caesar and I'm gonna lose my job, probably my life. I'm gonna, I mean, I'm gonna lose everything, so I'm gonna have to crucify this guy. And they said, so he says, Behold your king, and he shows them Jesus one more time. And verse 15 says, But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, Shall I crucify your king? He's kind of getting mocking. He's kind of getting mockingly with them. But if this is your king, I'm going to have to crucify your king. You want me to crucify your king? He's emphasizing that this is y'all's king right here, this pitiful guy that's standing before him. And the chief priests now, the religious leaders, the chief priests, the ones who are in charge of the religion of Judaism, the ones who are in charge of bringing people to God, the ones who are in charge of mediating the prayers and the sacrifices of the people and making them right before God by their priestly duties, said to Pilate, they said, we have no king but Caesar. We have no king but Caesar. Now imagine this. That was... They are basically they have basically signed and sealed and shut the book on the fact that we're going to reject this Jesus even if he is from God. Even if he is the Messiah. Because not only the Jews hated Caesar, they hated the Romans. The Romans hated the Jews. Being in Palestine was not a plus assignment if you're a Roman. I mean you're the Jews were always revolting. They always had this special rights in the Roman Empire because of their religion and their, you know, all, all this stuff going on. But yet here, when it comes down to it, you either pick Messiah or you pick Emperor. They said, we don't have a king except for Caesar. There, that's a rejection of God. God's not their king. The Father's not their king. Caesar's their king. They pretty much, when you... And here's the point. Let me get to the point and then we can talk about it. The point is, if you're Pilate, if you're a person who says, you know what, I'm okay with Jesus and it's all good. I like Jesus. It's fine. But I'm not going to sacrifice myself for Jesus. You know, if it comes down to me letting the innocent man go or me losing my life and my job, sorry. <laughs> you know, you're going to get crucified. Uh, and if you, if you choose that, I'm not going to sacrifice for Jesus. That's what it ends up being. You, if you choose, you know, Jesus is, you, you can't be on, what's my looking for? You can't be on friendly, familiar terms with Jesus and expect to be right before God. Expect to be right before the Father. Uh, it's all or nothing. 
It's all or nothing. You're going to have to give, sacrifice your life, sacrifice your position, and hail Jesus as King, as Lord, or you're going to end up like Pilate. You're going to sacrifice Jesus on the altar of me, on the altar of work, on the altar of pleasure, on the altar of independence, on the altar of doing what I want to do. Uh, that's where that leads. The other thing is, the religious man who wants religion without Jesus is going to end up worshiping another God. That's what happened to them. It came to the point where I want my religion, I want to be clean, I want to do the Passover, I want to go to the temple, I want to have all these things, but I want Jesus gone. By the time this exchange was over, it wasn't about keeping my religion anymore. They had basically disavowed their religion and said, we have no king but Caesar. So if you are a religious person who says, I want to have my religion, but I want to do it without Jesus running my life, ruling my life, being uh, the Messiah of my life, you're going to end up you're going to end up worshiping another God because no one comes to the father unless he comes to Jesus. And that's what happened to these Jewish people that by the end of the day, they were like, we don't have no kings. Only king we got Caesar. Yay, Caesar. I mean, I'm, it probably shocked Pilate. These people who had rioted before, they had waged sit-ins before, they'd actually done that sit-in, sat around his his uh, his fortress there in, in Jerusalem and just sat there for four or five days at a time, you know, just in protest. And all of a sudden now it's like, Caesar's our king, we love Caesar, go Caesar. Because they hated Jesus. And by today's standards, they chose him. Yes, they did. They're all down there that everybody was just acting on I think that's exactly right. That's a good way to boil it all down. Pilate was afraid of losing his stuff. The Jews were afraid of losing their stuff. They were afraid to give an end to this Jesus guy. And so, out of fear, it was, I'm just going to protect what's mine. I think that's a good way to sum it up. You see that today, too, don't we? We do the same thing. I mean, we may, we may not be killing nobody, but I don't want to give Jesus my life. I don't want, you know, I can come to church, and I can do the church thing, and I can come worship and all that, but I'm not going to let Jesus take over my life. I'm not going to submit to Him. When you do that, you end up just like the Jews. Sooner or later, you're going to say, you're going to, with your life, you're going to be right back in the world. You're going to be serving the world. We have no king but Caesar, and you're going to be living for the world. Sooner or later, you can't hold, you can't, sooner or later, your religion is going to prove false. Put it that way. And the same way with Pilate. If, if you're a Pilate and you're saying, look, I really like this Jesus guy. He's okay. He's innocent. He really didn't do nothing. I'm cool with him. But I'm not sacrificing myself for him. You know what I mean? If it comes down to Jesus or me, sorry, Jesus, you, you get the short straw. If that's you, then you're gonna end you're gonna end up you're gonna end up crucifying him afresh, trampling the blood of Christ, um, refusing to submit yourself to him. And both, I think, end up end up lost. There's just no other way to put it. Understand? Any questions? No comments, no nothing? Okay, let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for these examples that you've given us of 
of uh, Pilate and these Jewish leaders, Lord. And, and uh, God, we just pray that you would uh, minister in our own lives and show us where we are like Pilate, where we are like these Jewish leaders. And God, help us to submit ourselves to, to Christ when He demands from us, when He